0: Blog talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany, spotlight on the state capitol. And there was one overriding issue this week, and that's the coronavirus. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the state budget with my friend Zach Williams. So overall, I guess the overriding issue, like I said, is the coronavirus. What's your take on it? Well,
1: it certainly has been, as Governor Cuomo called it a few days ago, all-consuming. You know, everything else has just had to be put on the back burner, bail reform, education funding, Medicaid even. Um, All these important issues have had to, um, you know, just be put off as the state mobilizes its forces to deal with the outbreak. Earlier today, uh, on Friday, the governor announced that there's more than 400 confirmed cases, But I think, you know, that really doesn't show what could be the full scope of the outbreak because we just don't know how many people, you know, have contracted the virus, how many people that might have thought that they had the flu, even died of the flu, might have, in fact, had coronavirus. And, you know, the severity of the situation has been underscored by the fact that Governor Cuomo has had press conferences every single day at the Capitol um, in the last week. So, you know it's not mm-hmm. slowing down anytime soon, but we're getting closer and closer to that state budget deadline, and um, we'll have to see if they, you know, if and when they can make time to deal with some of these other serious issues before lawmakers and the governor.
0: So overall, uh, you, you, you're up here during the week. Are you are you surprised at the amount of coverage this issue is getting?
1: Well, it's an issue that's kind of tailor-made for the media. There's always updates. There's a million different tangents to it, everything from the school closings that are being considered now to the rising um, confirmed cases to the rivalry between President Trump and Governor Cuomo. There's so many different ways to take this story, but it's also an important one. You know, there's threats to public safety. We don't know yet exactly you know how many people will be infected um whether or not there will start being you know people actually dying here in new york um so it's kind of a hard story for local state national outlets to resist that said there's been a lot of other reporting on imp- on um, a variety of issues in recent days but you know as the focus increasingly gets on coronavirus you know the president now has declared an, a national emergency the governor did that earlier uh, in the week, New York City Mayor Bill de, Bill de Blasio uh, declared an emergency in New York City. Broadway is closed down. Um, you know, it's just pretty hard to focus on a lot of other things. But, you know, sooner or later, we're, you know, reporters in in the Capitol, at least, are going to have to take a closer look at the budget this upcoming week. The Assembly and the State Senate are coming out with their one-house budget proposals. So we'll see just how big they're you know, expectations, their ambitions are at this time to, you know, get that additional education funding they wanted, you know, or to avoid uh, all these cuts to Medicaid that appear to be um, pretty imminent if the state has any hopes of balancing its books by April 1st.
0: So do you think there will be an on-time budget this year?
1: Well, all, you know, we'll really see in the coming days because, you know, ever since the Corona outbreak really grabbed the grabbing headlines um, at the beginning of this month, there weren't any actual signposts in the budget process that had to be fulfilled. You know, the governor had already given his financial plan at the end of January. They had already done the budget hearings. They'd even agreed on revenue projections. That's all scrambled. Now, you know, they'll come out with their one house budgets, Uh, proposals in the early part of this week. The comptroller is due to give an updated take on the state revenues, um, you know, a few days later. So if they meet, you know, if the lawmakers introduce their bill, their one-house budgets on Monday, get them passed by Wednesday, the comptroller comes out with his updated revenue sometime around Wednesday or Thursday, everything will be on track for April 1st. That said, if they were to make it you know, on time on April 1st, probably some of these ambitious proposals they have for things like legalizing recreational marijuana or a myriad of other issues might have to wait for another time. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of political energy, much less time to give them their due. But as of now, the governor and lawmakers say that everything's still on the table. They still could get a deal on recreational marijuana They could still legalize um, paid gestational surrogacy. They could even figure out how to strike a good balance in education funding. Um, But that all remains to be seen, and the upcoming week will just show um, whether they're falling behind in doing so.
0: You know, Cuomo's on TV all the time. Like you said, he did a press conference every day. He was on with his brother, uh, Chris Cuomo the other day and that was a pretty interesting interview and I think Cuomo likes to be interviewed and likes on TV so is this a, <laughs> a made for Cuomo event that you know unfortunately you know people are scared and worried and anxious but ultimately Cuomo's benefiting wouldn't you say?
1: Well, before, you know, the corona outbreak really, um, you know, took all of his energy, there were a lot of complicated, um, dare I say, unexciting issues to deal with, you know, Medicaid spending. We're still waiting to see whether that panel he appointed will come out with its findings um, in the upcoming week on how to find $2.5 billion in spendings. You know stuff like that. Just you know how how does it compare to doing what Cuomo clearly likes doing? You know the most uh, you know dealing with disasters, floods, you know hurricanes. You know you get all of that here. He gets to be in command. He gets to use his emergency powers. He's got you know pretty good support from Democrats and Republicans alike. And you know while he certainly um, has made efforts to show that he's taking you know, uh, taking the situation very seriously. A couple recent profiles in Politico, in New York Magazine, and Insidious in State, where I wrote an article uh, entitled Andrew Cuomo, Master of Disaster. All of you know, us reporters are really seeing now, in some ways, you know, he's really in his element. He gets to take charge, gets to get lots of attention, and more than anything gets to, you know, spread what we could say is a central tenet of Cuomoism, that government needs to work and it needs to show results for the people. And, you know, managing a statewide response to a disease outbreak is all about that, you know, showing that he is in control and that the state government is responding to, you know, the needs of people across the state. So, yeah, I would say that um, there's no time like this to be Andrew Cuomo.
0: So um, as of right now, we're we're, – speaking on a Friday afternoon um, they cancel they canceled the um, St Patrick's Day parade tomorrow. So as of right now, how many how many known cases are there? Well
1: Maybe there's you know, at least uh, earlier today I think they said the, the total was four hundred and twenty one, I believe, as of Friday afternoon. You know, it's been growing a lot. That was uh, um, almost 100 more than the day before. And I think the governor governor has a point that, you know, we only know, we only can confirm the people who we test. And not a lot of people have been tested, two or 2,000 or so thus far in the last two weeks. And 80% of people that get the virus don't even show symptoms. So it's, I think, well within the realm of possibility that there could be thousands, if not tens of thousands of people that have contracted the virus. And you know it's got a you know it takes about five days to show symptoms or not, so you know we might see an even bigger spike over the weekend or early next week. Um, still, we're not at the you know level of say in Italy where they've effectively quarantined the entire population in the last week. But right. you know the governor is saying you know brace yourself, it could get to that point. We're not there yet. I think, um, you know, a big point that the governor has said is we need more testing, and more than anything, we need to manage, you know, our our, uh, collective anxiety, if you will, that, you know, while this is a very serious situation, it's by no means a, a death sentence to get coronavirus, and, you know, if people stay calm, everything will probably go according to plan as much as it can.
0: As far as you know, what are the symptoms? A cough, right? What else?
1: A cough, I believe some people might get a sore throat, a fever, sometimes, you know, in excess of 100 degrees, um, you know, things that are very close to what you would get with the flu, um, mm-hmm. but it uh, is much more serious than the flu uh, once you contract it. So I think anybody that, uh, you know, has a fever, shortness of breath, uh, maybe a sore throat, you know, needs to... Um, you know, can, you know, monitor themselves, call their doctor, and kind of take it from there.
0: Hmm. So, ultimately, from your understanding, how did it get from, I believe, China to the United States?
1: Well, I mean, there's so many, nowadays, there's so many different connections between the United States and China, South Korea, where there's been a lot of cases, Italy, obviously, Um, So, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people travel between, you know, New York and China every day. I don't think it's um, unreasonable at all to assume that somewhere in there, there was, um, you know, maybe not just one, maybe a dozen, maybe several dozen travelers, uh, both Chinese nationals or, you know, people from the United States who brought the virus over before people really knew what to expect. You know, if you think back a month ago, we were all, you know, we all had our eyes on China when it came to coronavirus. A lot of people weren't really thinking about, you know, whether or not the transmission was happening before our very eyes in a way that maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't notice for a couple of weeks.
0: So do you think that this has been festering a long time and and it's just being recognized, or is this a brand new thing?
1: Well, you know, it should, um, it should be noted that coronavirus is, is a shorthand for the actual virus that we're dealing with, with, which is um, COVID-19. And coronavirus is a type of viruses. So, you know, certainly this broader group of viruses has been known and been researched. But COVID-19 is completely new. Um, You know, some some suspect it might have come from bats originally, but we just really don't know.
0: From what?
1: From bats. You bats, know, most B
0: A T S.
1: Correct. You know, most most diseases come from you know other mammals, whether they're pigs, bats, um, cows. Oh wow. You know, usually animals that live in you know rats, animals that live in cro- close proximity to humans, and you know in this case okay. it might have been um, bats that that brought them, brought the COVID nineteen over to humans.
0: So in the case of a bat, would the bat would the bad have have had to bite a human being would the is that the way it works
1: I mean I'm no medical expert. I would say from what I know about other infectious diseases that it's not it's not always a matter of you know a a, a pig for example has a disease and then they bite a human. you know it might be some side of some sort of parasite that lives on the animal that brings it over um if I recall, um, you know, fleas have been, have been known to take diseases from, you know, one mammal and bring them to another. Um, I believe that might have been the case with the bubonic plague way back when, where there were just fleas on rats, and then those fleas get into human spaces, and then they give them to humans. So I don't think at all, I haven't heard anything at least, that this is something about having to do with bats biting humans. Probably just bats living in uh, close proximity to humans, in one way or another, whether it was through a, a third species, or you know their hair or whatever it is. I'm not an expert; don't know. But these are just ways that I'm imagining that it might have jumped from one species to another.
0: Wow, wow. So um, it's it, it's pretty interesting, and you put the TV on, and, and that's all you hear is. You know, the coronavirus The coronavirus and You know um, Everything's closing Around here You know, all kinds of events And like I said The St. Patrick's Day Parade And (laughs) Um, I'm sure this this, Like everything else Is going to take its course And since we've never lived through Anything like this do you think this is going to be a lengthy period where people will isolate themselves?
1: Well, I, you know, the governor this morning made sure to tell reporters that this, you know, could drag on for six, seven, eight, nine months from now. So I think, you know, we're not going to see coronavirus come and go anytime soon. It will definitely be around at least for a few months. You know, it may or may not um, lead to you know more widespread um, you know um, sickness or or deaths even here in New York. We just don't know, but it's certainly going to change change stuff for you know the foreseeable future. That said, you know even in the worst worst hit area of New York State, New Rochelle and Westchester County, you know people are still allowed to live their lives, come and go. You know, yes, the the National Guard is in. Westchester county distributing food to people there, but you know it's not like they're just patrolling the streets with fixed bayonets you know controlling everybody It's just a matter of you know limiting public gatherings and making sure that you know everybody uh, has food, and that especially those vulnerable people, the older people, people with underlying health conditions, are getting attention, getting the treatment that you know they need, and that more. More than ever, anything, you know, that public order is maintained. So, you know, I, it's, it's going to have to get a lot worse before we just see people hiding in their houses all day, like, you know, we saw um, in Wuhan, China. That said, it could happen. But, you know, right now it appears the situation's under control. And like I said, the worst hit area in the whole state, New Rochelle, you know, is, um, you know, far from, you know, a city on complete lockdown.
0: So how many cases have there been in Newer? show?
1: I believe there's been more than 100. Uh, I don't have the number right in front of me, but there's been a lot. I think at one point it was, you know, at least half of all the confirmed cases in the state. But I think that, get, again, gets back to the point that, you know, we just don't know how many cases are out there. A lot of people might have already had coronavirus and just not known it or thought that they were sick, you know, be, un, with the flu. Um, but mm-hmm. near Rochelle, you know, there was that cluster. There was one, one guy, I'm not sure if we know exactly where he got the virus, but he attended a bar mitzvah, I believe, with hundreds of people. And, you know, first he, he was uh, one of the first confirmed cases in the whole state. Then it came out that his family was sick, um, you know, some friends, their families. And from there, it just kind of snowballed, uh, you know, across this whole community. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's I believe it's somewhere approaching 200 cases just in New Rochelle alone, but wow. uh, it's at least 100. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. Any
0: fatalities in, in Westchester County?
1: You know, that's the thing. There hasn't been a single fatality related to coronavirus in the whole state. I believe there's been about 40 deaths across the country. 18 of them were from a single nursing home in Washington State. I think that really underscores both the success, of um, you know the government government response in Washington, New York, California, you know some of these other states, as well as highlights the danger you know in just one single instance those 18 people that died in that nursing home of what can happen if you know people aren't vigilant or a situation gets out of control. You know um, I don't know all the facts of the case of that one nursing home, but I'm sure things could have worked out differently and allow those people. Might not have had to die if um if people on the ground had had a better idea of what they were dealing with at the time they were dealing with it so but what, that,
0: what what percentage of the population in New York state have been tested
1: who, very small you know we got eighteen nineteen million people, a few thousand people 100%. have been tested uh, can't do the long division in my head right now, but that's a pretty small percentage. It really gets to the heart of the matter. You know, you, you hear of, um, you know, a case here, a case there. Initially, people want to investigate it, find out, you know, contain it. But it looks like we're at the at the period, you know, where it's community spread. There's not really any good way to know how many people are out there carrying the virus. And, you know, only more testing can locate who has and who's not. One interesting test that could be coming up in in the next week or two uh, might take a little bit longer to develop. It is actually to test people for the antibodies, which would let you know what you know whether they had the coronavirus before. Antibodies are what's produced by you know the white blood cells in your body to um, to kill an intruder, a bacteria, a virus, and if you still have them, that means that at some point your immune system must have battled them off. So if people can be tested for that we could get especially at a mass scale we could get a pretty good idea of not not so many not so much how many people have coronavirus um now but how many people had it before and we had no idea that could be a really valuable piece of information but right now we it's just you know we know how many people have been confirmed to have coronavirus but we're gonna find out you know, what the actual percentage is of people across the state. We simply don't know that, that denominator. You know, what do you divide it all by? Because we just ha- you know, haven't the slightest clue, really, of how far it's spread. You know, given how infectious it is, it's safe to assume that it's not in the millions, even the hundreds of thousands, but you know, it's mm-hmm. a big state, and it's considering that 80% of people that um, contract the virus don't even really show any symptoms. I think it's very plausible that it spread far beyond what these 400 confirmed cases would suggest.
0: You know, one of the uh, issues right now that's taking place in Albany is um, plasma clinics. There's going to be the opening possibly of a plasma clinic um, towards uh, uh, west of the city of Albany. So I've been doing a couple of shows on them, and uh, the plasma clinics, these people who donate their plasma, their immune system is weakened by this. So if there's a proliferation of plasma clinics throughout the state, that does not bode well for people who uh, might stay healthy, right?
1: Well, you know i'm not I'm not an expert in how the disease would spread through people's blood. Um, but I do know that at least blood centers here in New York City have really been having to make a push to get people to keep donating. you know The people might be fearful of having coronavirus. they might be fearful of you know of them themselves having it and giving their blood. They might just be afraid of going to a clinic and giving their blood and getting that, getting coronavirus from somewhere else. Either way, it appears that donations are down, and that has a lot of big effects for people that, you know, need um, blood transfusions. You know, you, you can only have them made by by fellow humans, and a lot of people just aren't donating uh, like they used to.
0: Wow, wow. So we've uh, we've talked practically the whole half hour on on the coronavirus, and you know, it's almost April first, and in the couple minutes we have left, can you give us an overview of how the budget negotiations are doing?
1: Well, on Monday, the State Assembly and the State Senate will propose you know, their respective one-house budget proposals, essentially a counteroffer to what the governor unveiled in late January. They will wait three days, hopefully pass it on Wednesday, and then we'll you know, the final stage of budget negotiations really begins. You know, you'll have the state senate and the state in the state assembly, they'll have, you know, agreed on what their positions are. The governor, you know, his people will, you know, start going over all the details with them. You know, there's two weeks left and, you know, a lot of things I'm sure they're in agreement in, in principle, but there's a lot of details to work out I think the, the biggest things that your listeners want to keep an eye on is healthcare spending. You know, this panel that Cuomo appointed, the MRT Part Two, the Medicaid redesign team, has to come up with $2.5 billion in savings, and their findings are due in quote-unquote mid-March. So they could, you know, they'll likely come in the next week, and that won't give lawmakers a lot of time to really respond. Another big X factor is state revenues. They were appeared to be up $700 million just a few weeks ago. But now that the stock market has you know gone down so much and um, coronavirus will have some untold economic uh, impact, it's, I think it's reasonable to say that a conservative fiscal outlook is um, you know is well advised. That might give the governor a bit of an upper hand. you know he wants to limit spending more than the state Senate and the state assembly, especially the assembly is looking for to increase taxes on the wealthy but you know if if the stock market continues to underperform there just won't be as much money that the wealthy have to uh, tax that said i don't think that's going to temper the demand to you know raise taxes on stock transfers or pied-a-terre um things like that but you know the governor especially if he gets a very cautionary um, budget update from the comptroller in the coming days you know will kind of have um, a rhetorical advantage, at least, in just saying, "Hey, we can't embark on ambitious new spending plans," um, you know, whether it's to deal with homelessness or health care or to increase education spending for public schools, without keeping in mind that you know we need to be careful because we just don't know how much coronavirus will really cost the state. That said, you know, uh, if that's the X factor, then the Y factor is what the federal government's going to do. You know, lawmakers in Washington, D.C., as, you know, as we speak on Friday uh, evening, are ne- trying to negotiate a multi-billion-dollar bailout package for the whole country. If New York can get uh, a significant chunk of that, it is one of the hardest-hit states by the virus, after all. That could make a big difference in giving some space for uh, lawmakers the, to still secure some of this funding they want for public schools, for health care, especially the state Medicaid program, and a variety of other pet issues.
0: Did you see the other day where Chris Cuomo um interviewed his brother on I did. on his show that that was pretty interesting i thought um, uh, so do you think next week the major topic of our conversation again will be the coronavirus
1: well, I don't think coronavirus is going to go away anytime soon. That said, my suspicion is that there is a danger of some complacency among the public. If, you know, if there's if there if the state remains successful in keeping the death toll down to zero, people might start, uh, you know, laying their attention wander a little bit. But you know, in recent days with the closings of of Broadway the limiting of events statewide, um, you know, with more than 500 people and every other venue has to be 50%. The governor's been pretty successful in commanding the media's attention. I think that will hold strong um, in the coming days. But, you know, sooner or later, you know, in the age of social media, people's attention is going to wander one way or another. And if that indeed happens, then maybe it just means the governor is a, you know, um, He's a victim of his own success insofar as, you know, his efforts to contain the virus have allowed the public to, you know, be able to think of other things.
0: Mm. So in a closing moment, Zach, give yourself the usual plug that you do every week.
1: Well, I'm Zach Williams. I'm the Albany reporter for City and State Magazine. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Zach Reports. that's Zach with an H, or uh, just follow my work at city and state
0: so for everybody that wants to keep up with what's going on on a daily basis in state government how can they do so for the city and state newsletter
1: well just go to our website city and state enter your email and you'll get our three uh, daily emails one in the morning one at noon which i do and one at night uh has all the updates you need to know on what's going on in the state capital and in New York City.
0: Okay, Zach. So we'll talk again next week, and maybe our conversation will be a little more diversified than it was today. (laughs) So you've been listening to Zach Williams from City and State. I'm Cynthia Pooler. And if you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, Focus on Albany. This is Spotlight on the state government. Thanks, Zach. We'll talk next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening.